0: Thank <laughs> you. It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands.
1: JT the Brick.
0: It. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%, but I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up the speed where it's really good for a long period of time. You are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. All right, hour number two of the show, JT with you as we continue on. We're brought to you by Resorts World. The newest, biggest, hottest property. Still no debate on the Strip. Scott Sabella's vision of how to do sports with Doghouse Saloon. Everything that they're doing there. Zook Nightclub, The Pool. Fourth of July. All the restaurant activations in my spot. Eight Cigar Lounge. God, that's a great cigar bar. You know, over the Fourth of July, I had a few stogies with my buddies. We did. You know, we like to have cigars. And every time I'm having a cigar with a friend... We're talking about, oh, man, you got to come to Vegas and go to eight cigar lounges. Like, they got this system where they suck all the smoke out every few minutes, so the ladies, and ladies smoke cigars. Ladies smoke cigars, but the ones who don't want to go into a cigar lounge, oh, there's too much smoke? No, 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 not at eight. They'd suck it out, and then you can sit outside. It's fantastic. I think it's great. Now, a couple other Fourth of July stories quickly, because I was out of town, and my wife was uh, back home, as Granny would say, on the mean streets of Summerlin, and a local firework guy, local firework guy was going off in my neighborhood. So I'm with my buddies and getting ready. I did the Jim Rome show on Monday and Wednesday in Costa Mesa, California. My wife's home with the dog. Unfortunately, our dog doesn't go crazy for fireworks. And you know how many people, had, how many dogs ran away and are now at shelters and need to be recovered? I don't want to bring down the energy of the show, but true. So my wife is FaceTiming me telling me that there's someone in my neighborhood who is shooting off fireworks at an aggressive pace. And I said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. My sons were both traveling, too, at the time. Both my sons were traveling and uh, doing some other stuff in Southern California. So I'm like, well, the doors are locked. You're good. And local firework guy was—I'm not talking Roman candles. I'm talking about those $100 a pop ones— blowing them up uh, in between my house and the park that I live across from, and they were booms. I mean, it felt like a car exploded every time they go off. And I was in Encinitas, California, and we had local firework guys. So the, the, the professional fireworks on the barge are great. Then you have the regional ones, like Las Vegas Aviators, right? Then you have the ones at the Ridges, Southern Highlands. My buddy hosted it at Southern Highlands. Unbelievable. So those that's not local firework guy. Those are professionally done by these places. But then the guy in your neighborhood who's liquored up and that's fueled up on something, is there supposed to be a window, Bobby, for that time from 8 to 10? Because local firework guy in my neighborhood went off to about 1 in the morning and no one came out there to kind of slow him down. The the tradition is basically from sunset to about 11 o'clock midnight latest.
2: Okay. I used to have one neighbor in my old neighborhood that was blowing that stuff up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so.
0: yeah and then the Sphere. So I'm sitting there and I get the live link oh, wow. to the Sphere, and I'm looking at that, and I go, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible what's going on with the Sphere as they got their game ready in time to do something for the 4th of July, which is really cool, and considering what that concert venue is going to look like. so." If you were the local firework guy, man, that's a topic too, a phone topic. We'll save it for next year, but how do you approach local firework guy? I don't go near him. If that guy's guy's usually dangerous at times if he's drinking, he shouldn't be drinking because he's dealing with fireworks, But that's normally not the guy you confront in front of your house unless you got a couple of guys in the house there, that local firework guy who is like no other in L.A., L.A. and Vegas. That's the the king of those guys. I'll teach you the new trick that they come up with now. A bunch of little kids, they don't, like, stay in one spot. What they'll do is they'll get in the car.
2: They'll drive out to, like, the mean streets of Summerlin. Right. They'll set up on a corner, blow off a bunch of stuff, and then take off.
0: Right. It's not I, just local neighbors yeah, or anything. I got lucky with my kids. They were never into it enough. I was just telling them around the 4th of July, don't touch the fireworks. Let someone else do. Stand back. Don't lose your fingers. Please, mom and dad worked hard to get you to this level. Don't screw it up on July 4th. And, and you see around the country all of that. So I hope you had a good holiday. I hope it was fun. And I hope you were able to deal with local firework guy. As we continue on, if you missed the first hour, everything's going to be podcast at lbsportsnetwork.com. What we're trying to do on radio is have a fun summertime promotion for the all time Raiders team. This is not affiliated with the Raiders. This is not affiliated with them, even though I have some help, wink, wink, on how I'm putting this together. It's mostly me reaching out to former players, Hall of Famers, people in the industry, right, who are Raider insiders, and try to come up with this team. And mostly the votes are going to come from all of our listeners on Twitter at JT the Brick or on Facebook. And I'll be able to read from that as we go from caller to caller. And today we're going to leave out the centers. I need that for tomorrow. We're just doing the tackles and the guards. And I have the list, my list, of about 11 or 12 guys. Uh, some you might not have heard of if you're a younger Raider fan. And if you're an older school Raider fan, maybe you want to add a younger player on the list here to make the debate a little bit more fruitful. And it's not a mean debate, and we're not pointing people out, and we're not saying that, hey, man, you're not good enough to be on this team. No, you can be an honorable mention, right? You can be an honorable mention on this team. You can be someone that wasn't the first guy, the second guy, but the next guy. And I really want that to be the key to this. Let this thing flourish. We mentioned John Vella. John Vela, 1972-79, to 79, USC, second-round, 43rd pick overall, Super Bowl XI. Hall of Famer told me today, one of the greatest teammates I ever played with. Hand on, uh, hair on my arm stood up. I said, excuse me, he goes, one of the greatest teammates I've ever played with. Uh, John's going through a difficult time at this stage of his life. A bunch of Raiders came off the alumni dinner and flew to see John Vela in Northern California to spend time with him. That's what tells you what this Raider organization is about. You know, Mark Davis really stresses that with everybody who's ever played and his dad and mom before that. So I wanted to make sure that we spent some time today on John Vela for the impact that he had as a Super Bowl XI champion. Do you know the magnitude of the games Vela started in from 72 to 79? Arguably, arguably the biggest stretch in Raider history. Before the Super Bowl XI victory, All the championship games, the heartbreaking losses, the games that came down to the final play, Vela was in all of them and was rewarded with the Super Bowl where, again, another great performance with this offensive line as we dive into the Raiders' offensive line. Let's get a couple from you at 702-365-9200. He's in the Hall of Fame, this man, as a fan and one of the most impactful fans in Raider history. Violator checking in for the all-time team. How are you, my friend?
3: What's going on, JT? I'm doing well, man. Uh,
0: I can't complain, man.
3: Life is good.
0: Well, this is a great topic for you because you shake hands with all these guys. You're in the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. So let's just talk about this old line. We'll leave out the centers. I want you to call in almost every other day whenever you can fit us in. Who do you like on the all-time Raiders offensive line with the tackles and the guards?
3: Tackles and guard right off the top of my head. I've got to go tackle, Art shell.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Guard, Gene Upshaw.
0: Absolutely. Some of the guards that are out there, some of your choices. Uh, Steve Wisniewski, one of the greats and uh, your good friend. Uh, Spend a moment talking about Lincoln Kennedy and the impact he had on you.
3: There you go. Uh, A guy that's uh, a little bit younger than myself, but had the Chance to watch him go from Washington, where he was just a dominant force, get drafted by us and immediately brought some nasty to the offensive line as a, as a youngster, mind you. And uh, I just once I caught sight of that, I just watched this guy's career. And you talk about an alpha dog. Well, usually that's on the defensive side of the ball, but that he was the alpha dog for that team. For those years. And uh, very soft spoken. But when he speaks, the shake, the, the room shakes. So, you know, he got people's attention. And just his overall, uh, just like I said, that tenacity, his work ethic and always available. That was the main thing about it.
0: Beautiful on that, and for you uh, to be in the Hall of Fame and have an impact on this fan base, and go to that Hall of Fame and see the bust of Gene Upshaw and Art Shell, Ron Mix, some of the players we're talking about today. Uh, for you and your family, first off, are you going back to the Hall of Fame or taking a break this year? Because we went for Cliff and all those other events. You going back? Uh, this this year is kind of kind of weird as far as travel,
3: so. That's still kind of up in the air, but okay. you know, miracles happen overnight. But uh, like I say, to any football fan, any true football fan, that is our Disney world. I mean, you can hear about the history, but until you walk in the room, I, I swear, like uh, John Madden always said, you can almost hear the bus whispering at each other. It's that kind of a mood in there, man. And if you're a football junkie like myself, you don't need to go anywhere else, man. The Hall of Fame is the spot to be.
0: Good to hear from you, my friend. Keep contributing over the next couple of, you know, next week or so. We'd like your opinions on all these positions.
3: You got it, brother. Hey, I just I just saw this message, and I was like, let me jump on here real quick. Yeah,
0: the Black Hole sent out a nice tweet and nice message with me, so thanks a lot for doing that. Appreciate it. Thanks it, a lot. There he is, Violator. Get a chance to hear Violator coming in, and uh, the topic of today is the greatest offensive line in Raider history. We're going to leave out the centers till tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow in the opening monologue, all these votes I'm getting at Facebook and on Twitter at JT the Brick. Uh, we got a lot here, so I'll, I'll tabulate this, and Bobby will will tabulate this coming up uh, tomorrow, and we'll get into that, and we'll uh, find, have a final result. And once we have that, we'll move on. Uh, Bobby and I think on Monday we'll probably go to defensive line. Uh, so we'll go offensive line, defensive line, and then we'll build to the back end. I want to save uh, quarterback, wide receivers, and running backs for last year for obvious reasons. A couple of other names, uh, Harry Shu from Memphis State, the right tackle. Look at this. I mean, you want to talk about a run. AFL Raiders 1965 to 1969. AFL champion, uh, Super Bowl II, he played in Super Bowl II when the Raiders lost that game. Uh, Harry Shue was a two-time AFL All-Star. And a couple of fun facts here. He was the roommate at the 1964-65 All-Star game with Fred Bolitnikoff and Bullet Bob Hayes. How about that? Uh, he was traded to the Rams for Bob Brown, who replaced him. So let's give some love to Harry Shue, right tackle of the Raiders, a great Raider, definitely on this list, uh, one of the right tackles we are talking about, played for the Silver and Black from 1965 through 1969, five seasons, a two-time AFL All-Star someone very high up on our list as we're throwing out names and we're uh, paying praise to the great Raiders of all time at JT The Brick and also on the phones at 702-365-9200. Here's Antonio out in Modesto. Antonio, thanks for waiting. Go ahead.
4: JT, I love the topic. I love the show today. Uh, A couple things. I don't know if I missed out. If anybody Mm -hmm. mentioned um, Barry Sims. Mm -hmm. um, I think he played guard. He's a solid player. uh, A guy that... Just took a little pit stop in Oakland, but I, but I really thought it was great, was Max Montoya. Mm-hmm. Not I Good didn't one. Google these guys. And a guy that I actually got to meet, and I thought he was a mean guy. Not mean towards me, but just a mean player. Uh, he played with the Cowboys. We got him for a couple of years. Kevin Gogan, big mm-hmm. guy, about six six. Yes. So, solid, mean. I, I used to see him in Alameda. He used to drive like a Mercedes, and it looked like it was tilted to the side because he was so big. Um, and then a real, real special shout out to George Beeler again. I know you guys mentioned him, but I, I've had dinner with him. I I've, I've did a Facebook live with that guy. Just solid, great guy, man. Just, just a,
0: a uh, tell me guy. more. Tell, tell me more about Beeler because I got to know George really well when I got involved with the team in Napa, and he would always come to our Napa dinners and be a, And he would work the room and just be a gentleman. And obviously, he played in so many monster games for the Silver and Black.
4: Well, he tells us a story about the Sea of Hams. He talks to us about the meme. So he lives in Tracy. He runs, uh, a, a, he, he, he's doing well, but he, he he still does his daily, he owns an apartment complex in Tracy. So he's always out there. Um, and he, I got to do a live with him one day and he talked about his upbringing and I believe he's from, uh, oh my God, um, uh, he's from Whittier, California. Mm-hmm. Talked about his dad. His dad was in the same high school class with, um, uh, oh, Bob Hope, not it was it Bob Hope or no Bill Bill, Bill Bing Crosby or mm. someone like that. Just a great guy. I had a steak with him at the Texas Roadhouse free advertisement Texas Roadhouse, but he got like a 32 ouncer, and mm-hmm. then, this was only last year. And the guy devoured it like he was still <laughs> 20 years, 28 years old. Uh, I won't be able to call back tomorrow, but real quick, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm not not in any order, mm-hmm. but Dave Dalby with three world championships, um, Jim Otto of course, and a special shout out. It's a sad story of. And you've got to know him, um, Barrett Robbins, mm-hmm. even though, you know, who knows what would have happened if he would have played in that Super Bowl. You know, who knows if we played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers four times, we win three times. We got them, beaten them the year before. So special shout-out to Barrett Robbins. I don't know what he's doing right mm-hmm. now in his life, but uh, I, I appreciate you putting this up for the old school Raiders yeah. and the new school guys. These, some of the new kids don't know all the history. And Mickey Mar- Like I said, Mickey Marvin, Henry Lawrence, those guys were uh, – mm-hmm. those are just my childhood memories when I was a kid, it, Great show, JT. I've been Thank in the you, man. JT, you, man. Excellent phone
0: call. Appreciate it. That's a great phone call because you talked about the modern-day guys, the older-school guys. You mentioned Kevin Gogan. Well, when Steve Wisniewski just texted me back, Steve Wisniewski, this is great. I love having these phone numbers in my phone as Wiz is – I wanted to get him on today or tomorrow uh, to talk about this and what it means to him to be a Raider, and he said he's with Kevin Gogan and Greg Beekert uh, fly fishing now. All right, so that's nice that we're able to – see, if I didn't – if Bobby and I didn't come up with this show, I never would have texted Wiz, and Wiz wouldn't have told me he's with Gogan and Beekert, Right, So you, you see how it all comes together on this, which I really appreciate. So as we are talking about this list, and we're putting together the greatest tackles and guards of all time, I want to get to Henry Lawrence. Henry Lawrence has had a big impact on my life because Henry is a great player, 74 through 86 one of the few Raiders, the five Raiders who have won all three Super Bowls. I think it's six. Uh, Henry Lawrence, killer. I met Henry early in my career and was one of the largest and most unique and gentle men I met, but his name, nickname's Killer. And Henry performs at a lot of the Raider events. He's a great singer. He performed at Cliff Branch's Hall of Fame induction before Diana Ross. Put that on your bleeping resume. Oh, I opened up for Diana Ross or played after that, it was unbelievable to see, and he played 187 games, 148 as a starter, and three-time Super Bowl champion when you look at his ability to play tackle. How can you leave Henry Lawrence off your starting list or your backup list on the Raiders' all-time offensive line? That's what makes this tough. Who do you leave off? Well, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not leaving people off. I'm going to have honorable mentions, and we're going to bring up players like Kevin Gogan, who we just mentioned. We're going to bring up Barrett Robbins tomorrow, as we mentioned, and other players along the way. Just to be a Raider and be in this discussion is what we're going to try to do for two hours a day over the next two weeks. Your friendly neighborhood Raider Man, who has a new podcast coming uh, very soon here. We put him up on the radio for the all-time team. Raider Man, how are you?
5: I'm doing great, JT. I appreciate the plug, too, brother, man. Doing my best to build Rader right, Man from Richmond, uh, on uh, from Rich City Studios in Richmond, California, man. Rader right, 19.com is starting to pick up some speed. and nice. I'm hoping I can be a big boy like you one day. You know, it's not a competition thing as much as just my love and my passion, man. You know, I've always been fighting for that break, and I'm still looking for that opportunity. I just so happen to be recently unemployed, so if you're looking for some new help, you already know how to find me, man. Reach out. I ain't hard to find. Man, it was great. Great to hear you just mention the Wiz, bro. I heard Uncle Stoner do, you know, earlier bring up the Wiz on. You know, so many different players across the offensive line. That flusters me because you can't say one name in the offensive line. So it's a good thing that you put this this, – I don't know, it's not a competition, mm-hmm. but just a little uh, show Disgusting. together because yeah. it really gets a chance to appreciate everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. The guy that I want to highlight, and it's not just one guy, but I'm picking him out in particular because he's the one that I got a chance to fellowship with the most. He's one of the younger incumbent riders because he didn't get drafted by the team. But for somebody to pick up that black hat and put it on and wear it like the old school snakes say, this guy did it and he did it well. And that's the big lunch, man. Big Lincoln Kennedy. I want to shout out my dude. We had an opportunity to do some Rader Uh celebrations together. You know, I actually had a chance to get him up on stage with me and do the Raider Open one time. But the biggest thing about it for me is he was like a... Coming out of high school, I got a chance to play football with a guy named Demarco Farr. Went mm-hmm. on with the Rams to get a Super Bowl. A big lunch play with him out there at UW, and uh, you know also with Napoleon Kaufman. And when those guys came to the Raiders, I just was hoping and praying that Demarco would come too. But it just was one of those things that kind of kept that little link to keep me locked in the football at a young age. And uh, you know just keep that dream right in front of you when these guys fellowship with you. So I always appreciate it, our Raiders, because they always did reach back. You know, you just mentioned the big uh, big killer uh, Henry Lawrence. These guys, man, they, they really loved on us the way we love on them. Excuse me, and some of us, the crazies mm-hmm. like me, actually felt like, like we're part of the team sometimes because we got a chance to be so close. So shout out to all you guys, man. All our linemen have been stellar. That's why we got so many Hall of Famers, and that's why so many more to deserve to be in there. Appreciate the time, and man, Thank I love you, you for the plug, JT. I'm Thank really you. hoping to talk to you soon, bro. Yeah, Peace whenever you
0: man. want. My phone's uh, always there for you. There you go, Raider man checking in. Big part of me being here on the radio. Part of the black hole, also the black hole, is the lead uh, sponsor that we have with this discussion we're having. Go to theblackhole.com and sign up to become a member. You have to have this done. Uh, Around training camp, if you're not already, become a new member of the Black Hole. Go to theblackhole.com. Just click on membership, get all your gear, be all geared up, and get ready for the season. You know, as I compile my list of the Raiders all-time unofficial list, unofficial team, because Al Davis and Mark Davis don't do this. And I give them a lot of credit for this. You know, there hasn't been yet a Ring of Honor, a Raiders Hall of Fame. They have, you know, the plaques up there by the torch, of course, and this really really means a lot. But, again, the Raiders, once a Raider, always a Raider, is legit. And happy birthday to Mr. Davis, July 4th, uh, the other day. When we look at this list, so we're not looking to make it super competitive and, you know, pointing fingers about this. The Raiders don't act that way in regards to this. But radio... We're cool to have discussions because I know Mark calls on me to make sure that the new fans of the Raider Nation hear about his friends and his dad's players and the greatest Raiders of all time. So that's the service we'd like to provide here. If you want to vote, get in at JT The Brick or on the phones at 702-365-9200. Here's where I'm struggling with today. Right tackle. Your greatest right tackles of all time. Bob Brown... Lincoln Kennedy, Henry Lawrence, John Vela. That's a good list. So we're going to have two and an honorable mention. And, again, I, all I can do is just keep mentioning their names if they don't make the final list here and give them you know the pats on the back they deserve. And none of them care about a pat on the back. They just, they're legends who played in this game. But we are funneling through the right tackle, left tackle position, guard. Uh, tomorrow we get to the center position. Where a couple of the names jump out at you, obviously, but we're going to talk about them. And we're going to have a nice conversation on the impact that they had. Also, a couple of conversations that I had yesterday filling in for Jim Rome on a couple of the other important topics that are happening in sports. I'll get to that coming up. And Q's going to join me. I asked Q, and I'm going to ask Vinny. You know, every couple of days, I want to hear guys come in like Q or Vinny when we have him in a scheduled appearance or other uh, radio talent here that can do this to come in and talk about the impact players that had an impact on them as we continue on. And we're brought to you by our unbelievable friends at the Casta Verde Law Group. Look, I just drove from Vegas to San Diego to Costa Mesa back to downtown San Diego, back to Encinitas to Costa Mesa to Las Vegas. I saw multiple accidents on the roads. I saw very serious accidents on the road. I saw a lot of cones. I saw a lot of cops. I saw a lot of emergency workers out there. I did a lot of driving. And I'm just happy that I'm associated with the DeCasteverdi Law Group. Because if you get into an accident, these are the pros, pros. They will help you. They have an astounding law group here that have been here for a while based on their dad's legacy. And Orlando and Alex DeCasteverdi will be your go-to firm to help you if, God forbid, you get into an accident. They're here to help. They are proud partners here of Raider Nation Radio. And they will put you in the best position through your recovery, the opportunity to win, to come back and get on with your life because those are the two guys that I trust here in town that can help you. They're not loud. They're not bombastic. There's not testosterone commercials of them running through walls and doing that. When you have their dad and that reputation in all of Nevada and what they've done in Southern Nevada, take it from me. Call 702-222-9999. Very easy number, 702-222-9999. Put it in your phone. And if you get into that situation, don't talk to anybody else. Call them first, and they will guide you through this. They're proud partners of Raider Nation Radio as we take a look at the Raiders' all-time team offensive line And with the tackles and guards, i got about another half hour or so. Uh, Fill up the phones now so I can get to you. Let's get a couple of Raider fans jumping in today. And those who have called, call every other day or every day as we go from position group to position group. 702-365-9200, the DeCastavurte Law Group.
6: Well, I've always believed that leaders aren't born, they're made, and it's natural human instinct to, to either go towards or follow the biggest, more, the most boi- boisterous, uh, the most, most vocal person that's probably around you in your clique. So it's natural that people automatically look up to me because of my size and things that I've achieved both on and off the field. And I think that adds a little bit to the leadership quality, if you will, to get people to listen. Um, whether these days after playing football, I'm going out to talk to schools or talk to kids in schools more times than not. The kids are enamored with what I achieved in, during my life. And so that's the end. That's if you will, that's what gets them paying attention. And then it's up to me with, the, with the, uh, the, the subject to keep them in tune.
0: That is the great Lincoln Kennedy as we have his name in nomination for the all-time Raiders team on the offensive line. And no matter where you have anybody slotted, the opportunity to talk about these gentlemen and the impact that they've had. And Lincoln Kennedy's had a big impact on my life. I'll have an expanded role with him in the preseason. Coming up this preseason, my partnership with him on the Raiders roundtable and everything that we do. And he's fantastic. You know, when when I started, this will be my 25th year with the Raiders. And when Lincoln came in and to be there on the sidelines in pregame and to watch him prepare. And to get ready and to see him in the locker room after the game. Truly one of the great pros. And uh, not to correct Violator, but I needed to. He didn't get drafted by the Raiders. Lincoln got drafted by Atlanta. And when, you know, it didn't work out in Atlanta. He was the number ninth pick overall, but the Raiders were fortunate. Al Davis saw the talent and impact on him and were able to get him. So in 1993, he was the ninth pick overall in the first round. Came to the Raiders from 96 to 2003. A three time Pro Bowler and the Raiders' anchor for the line in Super Bowl 37. And we, we touched on Frank Middleton, and we we'll are going to talk about Barrett Robbins tomorrow, Barry Sims. Everybody who had an impact in your life as a, as a Raider on the offensive line is someone uh, that we'll talk about today if you want to get through. Again, 702-365-9200, and we're excited about that. Tomorrow I'm double dipping. I'm doing 9 a.m. to noon on Mad Dog, and then I'm doing noon to 2 here. So that's a five-hour shift unlike any other. You know what I was saying the other day, Bobby? I've been doing this a long time, and fortunately now I'm just a bartender who does shifts. So Mad Dog says, hey, can you do four days in a row? I go, yeah, I'm a bartender. I'll come in and do shifts. And Jim Rome said, hey, can you do five shows for me? Big show, Jim Rome, one of the uh, mount guys in the history of this business. Sure. So I got five shows for Jim Rome this summer, all of these shows, and then the Raiders work that we're going to have in the preseason and everything we're doing, so As some slow down in the summer, and I'd like to take some time off, I have a family too, they bring me in as a closer to do some fill-in work, which I'll do anything. I just want to be on the radio, man. I'm lucky to be on the radio on top of the podcast with Looney. So that's why I want to keep the voice intact, and we have open lines for you to talk about this, 702-365-9200. Always good to hear from Robert in Portland on the offensive line, (laughs) Raiders all-time team. Go ahead, Robert.
2: Yeah, you know, Steve Witniewski, uh phenomenal guard. But, you know, I think, wasn't he a left guard, not a right guard?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was a left guard.
2: That that picked George Bueller as the uh, best right guard ever for the Raiders. He, you know, the, the Hall of Famer from Stanford. Mm-hmm. He, he never made the Hall of Fame for the NFL because he was playing with Upshaw, Otto, and Shell. So... How, how do you? Yeah, you know, you, you, only so many guys in that line
0: can make the Hall of Fame. Oh, but but hold on a second. Again, you're the first one to bring up this important point. The position is guard, and we have four, and we have we have four starters at guard and four backups. So I think you're bringing up a good point. If with Snooski, if I don't have room at left guard or I don't have room at right guard, I might slot a guard and put him in my final four. But, yeah, if you want to be precise on this, which we're not looking to be super precise, it's a very good point. Who are your best right guards, one and two? Who are your best left guards, one and two? Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I just think, George, you know, and he, he later, he played nine years with the Raiders and, of course, one in 75 ring. But I, he was a, he, he was started, he was not, not an all-pro, but he was second-team all-pro a couple of times. But he just got, I just wanted to point out the fact that like that right like guard's a tough one because you know it's not a position where we've had a lot of great
0: great right like guards. That's all. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Thanks for the call. I, that's that's what, why this is a little bit difficult. You know you got to go back to the old school and I, I like the Colt Miller discussion a lot. I really do because in my world, you know a lot of people are shutting me down fans and friends on this topic. No, 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 you can't you can't be on the all-time team if you're just playing now and you haven't made a pro Bowl. And if you've listened to the show closely over the years, I've been saying Colton Miller needs to now become a pro bowler. Okay, not a, not a good left tackle. He's very good and possibly a pro bowler. It's got to start now because he's very durable. He's tough. He's quiet. He's humble. He is in consideration. I don't think he's going to make our all-time team for obvious reasons, only playing in a playoff game, but I'm going to bring his name up a lot. Colton is very important going on because if you look at the Raider hype and the Raider talk on national radio, and today is a good example, prepping for the show, coffee, got the computer open, uh, got the television on, and the next conversation, again, it, it just drives me crazy. This is ESPN, and, and all of a sudden I see Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so I look, and I press the volume, and I put it up, and the gal, the gal who's anchoring this segment and had on Jeremy Fowler – was asking about the status of Jimmy Garoppolo. And the gentleman, Jeremy Fowler, very good, said, from what I'm hearing, he'll be ready to go for training camp. Well, that's a very good answer because that's what I tell you. From what I'm hearing, he'll be ready for training camp. But there are other shows, and they're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo on Sports Center, and they're saying, oh, he must be hurt. No, no, no. He was hurt. He had a procedure done weeks ago, which the Raiders were aware of before they made the move to get him. They corrected the contract, delayed it a day to get that right, Doctor their crossed her their T's, and Jimmy G's been around every day. But they don't know about that in Detroit. They don't know about that in Miami. So on the radio shows, when they get to the Raiders, hey, season win totals, Raiders, this or that, well, they say stupid things like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo won't play this year. What? Like, they're, they're, they're assuming that Jimmy Garoppolo's going to be hurt. The way I assume going forward is any athlete who's injured and has a surgery – End or procedure, okay, be careful with this. I'm not a doctor or trainer. I come back and say that that person's supposed to become fully healed at 100%, not 80%. When you have a torn hamstring and then you come back, you might want to come back at 100%. Some come back at 92% because they want to play. And I think the problem was last year, I think the issue was that a lot of guys who were injured did not get back on time and then you evaluate you evaluate well why aren't they back on time like what's missing how'd the rehab go how was their attendance how aggressive did they work through their rehab and then you look at the player and you go well that's a player we want to build around that's a player we like a lot but we don't want to build around so with Jimmy Garoppolo his reputation of being a great teammate is fantastic ask George Kittle Ask Kyle Shanahan. Ask John Lynch. He was a leader in that locker room. He seems to be a leader over in Henderson. We are just all frothing at the mouth to see him play. We want to see him come out in training camp, running out with his helmet to the field and to start the drills. I don't know. I would assume that's going to happen. And if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. But the Raiders are going to tell me before I'm going to read about it on SportsCenter or see it on the crawl, and we'll know what's happening. Is the clock ticking? Oh, today's July 6th. Camp's at the end of the month. How long was this procedure? You know where I'm going on this so we don't have to panic, but it's very important if the Raiders are going to be competitive this year that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at a very high level. So some of the other names that we mentioned along the way, Mickey Marvin, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, fourth round 1977. A lot of people are tweeting in, on him and the impact that he's had. We mentioned Ron Mix. I mentioned Henry Lawrence. A lot of calls on Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, John Vela is the name that came up. And now a very important name that only one person has mentioned, and that's Bruce Davis. Bruce Davis, Oakland, L.A. Raiders, 1979 through 1987. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Super Bowl 15 and 18, And uh, me- mentored by Art Shell. And took over for Archell in 1982. Uh, That's a name that we got to get out here because on a lot of my tweets that are coming in, at the left tackle position here, they're going Shell, Bruce Davis as the backup. Okay, that's there, and also Lincoln Kennedy, who's mentioned a lot in that name. You know, when you look at the tackles and different tackles overall, do we go left tackle, right tackle? Because obviously Lincoln Kennedy, a right tackle, with Bob Brown, Henry Lawrence, and John Vella, So I might have to go with my top four tackles. And three of them might be on one side and one on the other because they fall in the tackle position. We want to have the starters, but again, that's going to be a work in progress. And if I'm wrong on that, you know where to find me. 702-365-9200. The left tackles, Colton Miller. Oh, let's talk about Donald Penn. Let's get Donald Penn here. Matter of fact, let's get Donald Penn on the radio, maybe at one point. Donald Penn, uh, 2014 to 2018, uh, Donald Penn a multiple Pro Bowl or Pro Bowler for the Raiders, is the Art shell? No. Donald Penn was a hell of a player. And Donald Penn loved being a Raider, once a Raider, always a Raider, and consistently around this team. As we also mentioned, Barry Sims and Bob Sevius from 65 to 1970. In the guard position category, George Beeler, Wayne Hawkins, Gene Upshaw, Steve Wisniewski. So see, these are some of the great names. You think this is good. Wait till we get to tight end next week. Wait till we get to the depth at the tight end position as we continue on. Hey, one of the quick things I want to play here before we come back, uh, yesterday I interviewed Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox as I was hosting the Jim Rome Show in Los Angeles. And I, we were talking about season win totals, and I got to the Jets and I asked Chris Myers what he thought about the addition of Aaron Rodgers. So I want to start with the Jets. I just did a segment on season win totals, and the Jets, they're over, is at nine and a half. They'd have to win ten. They're in the division with Buffalo. I still think Buffalo wins the division. The Patriots, not sure exactly how many wins, but they'll compete with the Jets, and I think the Dolphins could be the best team in that division. Are you buying into the hype that you're seeing with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. And all you have to do is look past, at and- Different situation, but the Broncos and uh, Russell Wilson and what happened before. Look, despite Rodgers, and I get New York about the overhype is is ridiculous here. I mean, the Jets were what a nine-win team last year, so they're close, but it, 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 they're close to a playoff spot. They're not a Super Bowl team, even with Aaron Rodgers. Let's be realistic here. We we don't know how well that's going to fit in, and I, I think you hit on it. I big Fangio, a secret weapon with the Dolphins as their defensive coordinator. That's his specialty. The, you'll see a major difference whether they had uh, Dalvin Cook or not. You still have Buffalo. So uh, getting into the playoffs, maybe for the Jets, but the AFC is loaded, as you know, with star quarterbacks. And and the top three teams are the, are the Chiefs, the, the Bills and the Bengals. So where else you figure in And even in that uh, that AFC East, I mean, that's a difficult, even with Bill Belichick, whatever he has, he's going to make things difficult. So this is not the Aaron Rodgers I'm going to roll through the, uh, you know, the the NFC like uh, in, in my division like I did in the past. It's a lot tougher challenge for the Jets, so I, I'm just not seeing it. Maybe a 10-win a season, but is that good enough to get into the playoffs, and then where do they go from there?
0: Very interesting when you think about the win total for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers was brought in on, like, a two-year deal. That's it, to win a Super Bowl. The Jets didn't bring him in to make the playoffs. The Jets didn't bring him in to win 10 games. He is there to get the Jets in the playoffs – and the team that a lot of people are talking about is the Miami Dolphins. And the Raiders have the Dolphins this year. I'm trying to figure out with the broadcast which road games I'm going to this year. A uh, Buffalo is typically a game I would pick. Uh, the Buffalo game this year is Week 2 Buffalo Season Opener, which is a good game to go to because the weather in Buffalo is going to be hopefully beautiful in that game. And the Miami game is a great place to go. I can bring my wife on that trip. She can meet me there. It's fun. South Beach, all of that. So... Uh, it's going to be cool. I'd like to go on the road with the Raider Nation this year. There's going to be some good choices this year. When we come back, we'll wrap up the right guards, left guards, right tackle, left tackle. We'll have our, I want to say winners, we'll have our selections tomorrow, and then we'll move into the centers. Q's going to join me too in a moment. We'll talk to him. He's going to jump in on this debate. And uh, I am thrilled by the way this sounded today and all the contributions from the callers and especially those on social media. Appreciate you doing this because this is the flagship of the writers and that's what we do. We do it at a high level.
5: So, the head coach normally was standing in the middle of the field, but John always sauntered down to where we were and laughing and kidding back and forth. And uh, we used to give him a hard time. And uh, But he was well respected by everybody on that football team. Everybody.
0: It's the great art shell talking about John Madden. Let me get to Big Al in San Francisco quick because we got a heart out at the top of the hour and Q's coming in. Big Al, give me a name or two on this O line.
6: Well, I think it's it's interesting because these these two guys had incredible success under very different circumstances. You know, Art Shell is obviously a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, and his partner for almost a decade was Gene Upshaw. You know, playing on the uh, on the left side of the line, and they won, They ended up winning uh, one you know one Super Bowl, countless AFC and NFL uh, championship games. On the other side, on the right side, uh, you had Lincoln Kennedy. Who and who who excelled through a lot of turmoil on those on those Raider teams uh, had different partners almost every year, different running backs and different coaches. Where uh, Art and uh, and Gus uh, and and, and Gene, I'm sorry, and Gene Upshaw had the same coach the entire time. So uh, different paths to success, but nonetheless paths, and I would I would elect both of those. Yeah. Gentlemen as the tackles, one left tackle and one right tackle. Very different positions. Yeah. Very different challenges but similar success. Thank you,
0: Big Al. Got to run. Appreciate you checking in and I would agree. Those are the two, you know, Mount Rushmore guys, Upshaw and Shell. As Q joins us, he's coming up next. He's got a big show. So as we're building this you know, radio all time team. When you think of the offensive line, Q, in the history of the Raiders, man, right. not only the legends in the Hall of Fame, but the backups and the guys who aren't in the Hall but widely considered great.
7: No, it's it's man, it's it's awesome that you're putting this together. And I've just been kind of thinking, like, who all is on this list, and who do you not put on this list, right? I mean, you can go back, like, like I've heard people talk about Art Shell and you know Barry Sims, and then you think about Donald Penn and how great he was, and obviously Lincoln Kennedy and and, and all the other greats that have been on this list. Uh, Gene, Gene Upshaw, Steve Wisniewski with that nasty. I always loved that nasty with New, Wisniewski. You knew whistle to whistle. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing through the whistle and then some. So, man, this is this is awesome little list that you're putting together and, and this whole team that you're putting together. It's it's hard to, to narrow it down because the Raiders have had so many
0: greats. Now, I've been dying to ask you this because you're younger than me and you look at, at the future. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in these conversations about Colt Miller, Devontae, and Jacobs. Right. It's too early, obviously, to put them on the All-time team, but we got to have that discussion. We have to be able to look out into the future and see what Josh Jacobs did last year competing against Marcus Allen's numbers.
7: Right, exactly. I mean, and he's putting up some monstrous numbers. I saw a stat just the other day that said that only 11 guys have had as many rushing yards as he's had by the age of 25. Right? I mean, you think about the history of the running back position. I know it's devalued right now in the NFL, but you think about the history of the running back position and the only fact that only 11 guys have had as many yards as him or more yards than him since, by the age of 25, it's pretty incredible.
0: What do you expect? I just mentioned this with Colton this year. I said he's got, you know, it's an award to be a Pro Bowler. It's an award voted on. But he's been on the fringe of that. I think for the Raiders to take the next step, Mm -hmm. we're talking about the rest of that old line. He's even got to get better and he's really good.
7: Yeah. He mentioned that last year, as a matter of fact, that he felt like he played well, but not well enough, like not up to the standards that he's expecting to play. So I do think that, especially after a year and you saw that offensive line come together, I think that you'll see a better Colton Miller, a guy who's already a veteran, a guy who's already the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to the offensive line, I think you'll see him be able to excel and even take his game to the next level and help teach some of these other guys, especially like a Dylan Parham, you know, who's still a young guy in the league. I think he'll be able to really uh, help excel this line.
0: What do you got lined up today?
7: Man, we got a big show. We're going to have uh, Adam Hill chime in, just talk a little Raiders, talk a little UFC. We'll have my guy Ari Mayrov from the team.com Yeah, he's great. Just all things NFL. You know that there's no hard knocks team yet announced? I
0: know. I will... It's
7: the latest it's ever been.
0: And it, there's those categories that I'm sure you're going to get into the details right. on who doesn't have to go. Right. It seems now recently mo- most teams don't want that promotion. Used right. to be that teams wanted to get on mm-hmm. when the Ravens started it off. Yeah. And they wanted to get their name out for their brand. Now teams are like, I'm good. I don't need to be right. there.
7: I thought that Aaron Rodgers and the Jets were going to be a no-brainer to be on there just because of all the conversation that was around. Yeah. There. I just felt like they were going to put them there, but they don't want to be on there. No one wants to be there. Yeah, and
0: I don't think that Aaron Rodgers wants to deal with the minutia of that. He's This is a great topic because I think he'd be he'd love the press, yeah. but he wouldn't like the everyday press. Right, of exactly. In the training room, yeah. in the weight. To, to have a camera on him in all the meetings, yeah. he doesn't want to deal with that, that and, and media in Green of the Bay York is different.
7: Media. Yeah. <laughs> right? It cuts, it's cut different. So, And then Kurt Heelan going to join us to talk all oh things NBA, Summer League, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, and Webman tomorrow. Yes. We're credentialed for that, yep. and i got to go see that. That's yes. one of those moments in the history of the NBA Summer League. Where mm-hmm. were you when Victor Wembayana walked out there? At going the against Brandon Mac? Miller on top of that. Well, wow. have a good show, Q. Yep. Appreciate Q chiming in. Hey, thanks to everybody who participated today. Really appreciate it. Better than I thought, and we had high expectations today. What we'll do tomorrow is we'll open up the show with who we believe won that conversation, and then we'll move to the center position. And I'm excited to talk about the centers. There's three or four of them, but I got about five or six who are worthy of conversation. We'll do it there tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the flagship of the Silver and Black.
5: And ready forward.